Welcome to the Kintsugi Life podcast with me, Toby Hazelwood. Kintsugi Life is about learning, growing and strengthening from the times of adversity and challenge that we all go through. It's about valuing them as part of what makes us who we are. Right now, let's get into the content. Welcome to this episode of the Kintsugi Life Podcast with me, Toby Hazelwood. Today I want to talk about the three simple options that I believe we all have for navigating times of adversity or challenge. Often we're looking for multiple options, but really I think every option that we have boils down to one of these three things. See what you think. We all occasionally find ourselves in an uncomfortable or unpleasant situation. Evolution ensures that our natural instincts are to escape the situation first, or to fight if we can't. As I reflect on times when I've been frustrated or even fearful about my predicament, it seems as though I've spent a lot of time looking for alternative ways of handling it. The stark reality, though, is that there are rarely other options available to us. Maybe we're in the midst of something that we've long anticipated with fear or dread. We've known it was going to be unpleasant, testing or difficult and our worst fears have come true. In the moment, all we want is out. Our evolutionary instincts are to flee and to remove ourselves, but often that's not a possibility. Try explaining your actions to your boss as you escape from giving a presentation by running from the room, if you don't believe me. Maybe things haven't worked out quite the way we thought they might. Perhaps a project has backfired, or an investment has tanked, or our relationship is just not working out. Maybe we thought we'd met the love of our life online, but upon meeting in person, it turns out they're a crushing bore, or they've been liberal liberal with the truth regarding their appearance, perhaps by using a profile picture from 15 years ago. Maybe we're simply caught in a rut in life, and our dissatisfaction has grown steadily over time. There may not have been any single catastrophic event, but instead we've just become jaded or disillusioned. The job that we once loved, or that we started doing in the belief we could put up with it for the money, is no longer working for us. Over time, maybe we've grown to find the task monotonous, we resent the conditions, or we find our co-workers' company intolerable. Whether the situation has crept up on us, we've anticipated it, or it's blindsided us as our expectations were incorrect, it all amounts to the same thing. We dislike it and we want something different. Our evolution-honed instincts may encourage fight or flight, and if only it were that simple. Modern situations tend to mean we cannot simply turn to aggression or run from a situation that we don't like. In many cases, deciding how we might navigate it also becomes clouded as we search for other explanations as to how we ended up there. We might look for others to blame or try and come up with excuses for why things haven't worked out as we hoped. Resolution of the issue and dealing with it becomes clouded with rationalisation and interpretation of it. If we feel we've been wronged by another, either willfully or through negligence or deception, then our judgement may be impaired as we assess our options. Revenge might get mixed in with the resolution of the problem at hand. We may feel resentful that we've ended up where we have. When others have seemingly found it easy to avoid the particular pit into which we've fallen, jealousy might impair our judgement. Our instinct might be to berate ourselves for ending up in this situation again, at which point our pity party for one leads us into a self-destructive cycle of beating up on ourselves. We may consider this situation a fitting penance, and adjudge that this is really all we're worth. 
We may conclude this is our destiny for life, a series of failures, disappointments and difficulties. Whatever we think and however we may feel, our options are always the same. No matter what our emotional reaction, whether we remain calm and meticulous, or become passionate and impulsive, there are really only three possible ways out of any time of adversity. We either remove ourselves from the situation, we change the situation by taking action, or we accept it as it is and we move on from life. If you were hoping for something more insightful and shocking, then you may be disappointed, or perhaps you might consider it as a useful and timely reminder, like most good guiding principles of life, that this is one of the both simple and effective tactics. Let's figure out how they work. So, option one is to remove ourselves from the situation, to take flight. Most parents will at some point have counselled their kids on what to do if confronted by a bully. Depending on their views, preferences and their own experiences of childhood, most parents will either advise the child to calmly walk away or to stay and fight their corner. As someone who's never, in my living memory, raised a fist in anger, I'm firmly in the former camp. Whatever dissatisfactory situation we're in, the simplest option is to extract ourselves from within it. We may be called anything from a quitter to a coward depending on the scenario, but the simple rule of flight is that we have to live to fight another day. Whether we're trying to escape an abusive relationship or leave a job we can no longer tolerate, the goal is to escape as soon as we can. Presumably, all options have been exhausted for changing the situation. We may have tried all we can to influence it, improve it, to build up our tolerance to it, or to figure out how it can be made to work through change or compromise. The only option then that remains is to construct and enact our exit plan. It seems to me that in the lives of myself and those I've encountered, this is the option that most often gets ignored, or worse, gets executed poorly. Too frequently we become accustomed to, accustomed to or just accept situations that we would have been best off leaving long ago. We suffer endlessly in relationships that have become toxic, abusive or dominated by apathy and passive aggression. We stagnate in jobs that we've come to hate but which we're fearful to leave as we contemplate the risk of worsening our position or because we've lost faith in our skills and our abilities. We resign ourselves to occupying a body that will gradually become flabbier, more unfit and injury prone and so we give up on ideas of taking exercise or eating more healthily. We believe we've learned all the knowledge that we could ever need in our youth so we neglect our brain and instead of reading we waste hours on end watching TV and swiping at our smartphones. We know we hate the situation but instead we persuade ourselves that we have no option to leave. As bad as foregoing the option to leave is is to leave in a flamboyant and flippant way. I've had personal experience of leaving a job on a whim, resigning in a gesture of passion and anger, only to later regret the situation when I lost my income as a result and couldn't find new work. Choosing to exit a situation may well be the right and inevitable option. In many situations, it's smart though to formulate a careful plan for doing so and to then follow that plan to the letter. Option two, is to change the situation and take action, to fight it. Other parents will counsel their kids that the only option when threatened by a bully is to strike hard and to strike fast. In a few episodes in my life, I suspect I could have benefited from taking this active rather than passive approach, both in situations of confrontation and at other points too. 
not necessarily resorting to anger on, and, and aggression, but actually to take action. In virtually all scenarios in life, I can think of no better option than to actually try and do something to change a situation which you don't like, or which isn't as you hoped it would be. Taking action is an inherent part of leaving a situation too, since it's usually best to have tried all possible remedial steps before one can finally settle upon deciding to leave. In a failing relationship, I assume you'd want to make you feel like you'd done everything in your power to try and make it work, before eventually giving it up, if that were the only remaining option. Similarly, with something as significant as leaving a job, most of us would want to have explored all options for making it more palatable and satisfying before going through the upheaval of moving on to find a new job. Action isn't just a precursor to leaving, though. Too often I think we confuse apathy for action, with hopelessness that the situation can be changed if we did anything. How many diet and exercise regimes have failed almost before they've started on the basis that the thought of healthy choices for life seemed like too big a change to contemplate? In such circumstances, we convince ourselves that ours is a lost cause, or that our circumstances are somehow unique and more challenging than anyone else's. And so, to take action to change things for ourselves is abandoned and isn't considered as an option. I'm a really big advocate of personal accountability and the power of an action-oriented lifestyle. I know that adopting this approach has been the most impactful change in my own life. And when I procrastinate over taking action, then I'm merely delaying the inevitable pain of getting started or admitting defeat. Both seem daunting, but the only option is to take action and see what happens. Or at least that's how I feel. The seemingly insurmountable goal of turning around our health is accomplished by taking one action at a time, not by giving up because it seems impossible. A loving relationship is founded in regular, small, but consistent kindnesses and gestures of affection. A successful career is formed of many productive work days strung together, interspersed with the difficult days when we've carried on regardless. Action must be taken. Inaction, whether due to procrastination, fear or doubt, must be fought through. Action alone might not change or improve the situation, but we can't know until we've tried. The final option is to accept the situation. And this isn't to be confused by the begrudging acceptance of a miserable situation. I'm not talking about giving in or accepting the position out of apathy, fear, doubt or laziness. When we accept, truly accept, we've rationalised that while things may not be ideal or as we'd like them in an ideal world, we are okay with that. The problem may be our expectations, which were too high, or it may be that we are driven by comparison, comparison with others or a fear of missing out. A situation may still not be considered ideal, but through true acceptance, we not only resign ourselves to it, but we embrace it and seek to make the best of it that we can. As a proud father to four kids, my greatest blessing is to know that they're all fit, well and happy. My greatest fear would be for any of them to have suffered a disability or a life-limiting illness, and I see numerous parents around me whose kids are suffering such things. I feel great admiration for all those parents, but especially so for those who throw themselves wholeheartedly into giving their kids the best life possible. They do so with joy, love and wholehearted acceptance of theirs and their kids' situations. I assume they have their difficult days, but they ride these out with dignity, like everyone else does, or should. They no doubt hate that their kids suffer, but they accept it and they live the best life they can regardless, determined to do the best they can for them and for their kids. 
That is acceptance of a challenging situation. That example, or for example, where one partner in a relationship is nursing their spouse through sickness, dementia, or some other life-limiting illness, with care, dignity, grace, humour and love, are those scenarios I've encountered where the worst possible circumstances are endured, not with begrudging resignation, but with genuine acceptance. The circumstances may be far from ideal, but this doesn't prevent you giving your acceptance to something. Action may be a daily part of enduring the situation, but it's taken in the knowledge that it won't necessarily change the eventual outcome. Escaping the situation isn't even considered in this circumstance or entertained as an option. And acceptance is the only solution available. I realise that in describing the options that exist to us in times of challenge and hardship, I've called upon some pretty extreme examples to illustrate how these play out in practice. When I reflect, it seems to me that these really are the only options that we can or should entertain in difficult times, whether these are life-changing moments or the day-to-day -day adversities that we all face, we have the options to leave, to act or to accept. My personal bias is towards action, but I acknowledge that this sometimes comes at the expense of being more accepting of things as a person. Sometimes I'm too keen to leap forwards in finding or implementing a solution to my own problems or to other people's. Often, a bit of contemplation and consideration of how I can accept it might be a better solution. To leave, to act or to accept, these are our options when faced with times of adversity. I encourage you to think about how you can apply one of these to your life. Thank you. You've been listening to the Kintsugi Life Podcast with me, Toby Hazelwood. You can email me on toby at tobyhazelwood.com. I'd love to hear your feedback. I'd love for you to leave me a positive review if you feel unworthy of one. And I'd also love for you to share this with anyone else who you think might benefit from the content. Until next time, this is Toby Hazelwood saying goodbye.